The information given in this podcast is general in nature and you're advised to seek your own independent financial advice from a qualified advisor before investing your money. Money, money, money. money. The biggest unanswered question is money. Money, the money. money. Where is the money? And now, reinventing the way you invest, how to value the best stocks and buy them for less than they're worth. Welcome to Valueable, the podcast with your host, Roger Montgomery. Hi, I'm Roger Montgomery and welcome to episode 15 of our Valueable podcast series, uh, how to value the best stocks and buy them for less than they're worth. It's always a delight to be with you. Well, I'm pretty excited about this episode because what we're doing is we're combining the last couple of episodes together. You might remember in episode 14, we talked about businesses that are forced to put more money back in. So in the case of a car manufacturer that has to retool to build the latest model car, um, they have to plough a lot of their profits back into the business. We also talked about commercial office towers. Um, Tenants always want to be in the latest buildings, the most up-to-date, the most advanced facilities. And so as a building dates, the owners of that building have to reinvest money into the building, often equivalent to the income that they've received over the last few years. They have to plough all of that back in to keep the building up-to-date so that they can attract tenants and be fully tenanted. So that was episode 14. Episode 13, we talked about a business that was generating a 5% return on its equity. And we were asking the question about whether management were sensible in retaining profits when the company was only generating a low return. Well, if we combine those two episodes together, there are situations which I think are the lowest quality businesses, and that's where a business generates a very low rate of return, and it's not retaining its profits at a low rate of return because it wants to, although that would be a bad decision on management's part and you would vote with your wallet uh, and get out of that one. Um, But there are occasions where management have to reinvest. I gave some examples earlier. So the worst case scenario is a business that generates a low rate of return on its equity. The wisest thing to do would be to pay those earnings out as a dividend to shareholders so they can invest at a higher rate elsewhere. But management is forced to reinvest either to keep the company in the same competitive position or simply to maintain its plant and equipment. For example, it might be a capital intensive business. So This is how we tie together thinking about owning a business outright and then looking at the numbers that the business is actually producing. Well, in the previous example in episode 13, the company was generating a low rate of return on equity. And the wisest thing to do was the the action that produced the highest return for shareholders, which was to actually pay out all of the earnings as a dividend. So in the case where the business earned a 5% return on equity, it was smarter to pay all the earnings out as a dividend because provided at the at the PE remained constant at a PE ratio of 10, the shareholder ended up with an internal rate of return of 10%. And in the example where the return on equity was 5%, but management elected to retain all of the profits, well, the earnings grew by 5%, the equity grew by 5%, the shares grew by 5% because, well, the share price grew by 5% because the PE ratio was constant at 10. We assumed we couldn't guess when the shares would become more popular or less popular. And so in that example, the return on equity was 5% equal, oh, sorry, the internal rate of return was 5% equal to the return on equity of 5%. 
But what if a company is producing a very attractive return on equity, let's say 20%, would it be the case that the best return comes from paying all the earnings out as a dividend, or would the best return come from retaining all of the profits? Well, in the example where the return on equity was 5%, the best return came from paying all the earnings out as a dividend, and that makes sense. You wouldn't want a 5% return given all the risks associated with owning a business. You'd want a much higher return. Well, that seems to be consistent with our findings. And remember, if you're finding it difficult to follow us on this podcast, don't worry, because it's covered in my book, Valuable, which you can buy at rogermontgomery.com. And it's also covered uh, in a spreadsheet that I've got, which I can email you. If you email me at roger at rogermontgomery.com, I can send you out the spreadsheet and you can follow these examples. So in the second example, the company generates a 20% return on equity. So in year one, it starts with $100 of equity. It generates a 20% return on equity. That means earnings per share are $20 um, and it pays none of the earnings out as a dividend. So the equity rises, the equity per share rather, rises from $100 at the start of year one to $120 at the end of year one. That $20 is retained. It's added to the $100 of equity. So we end up with $120 of equity. Now, if the share price PE ratio was constant, we can't guess whether it's more popular or less popular, then the PE, we'll just assume a PE of 10, then the shares will be trading at $200 in the first year, which is 10 times the $20 of earnings. Now, in year two, the company starts the year with $120 of equity. It generates a 20% return on that equity. And lo and behold, the earnings per share are now $24, which is an increase of 20% on the previous year. The earnings per share are growing at 20%, which is equal to the return on equity of the business. And that's simply because the equity is growing by 20% as well. Now, in the second year, the shares will trade at $24, so the shares will have risen by 20%. And if we follow this out in the third year and the fourth year and so on, the share, provided the PE ratio stays constant at 10 and the earnings per share keep growing at 20% because the return on equity is constant at 20%, then guess what? Your internal rate of return will be 20%. Now, what we know is if management pays out any proportion of these earnings as a dividend, your internal rate of return will actually be lower than 20%. This is Valuable with Roger Montgomery, teaching you how to value the best stocks and buy them for less than they're worth. Let's go through the extreme example where the company decides to pay 100% of the earnings out as a dividend. So at the start of the year, with equity of $100 per share, the company generates a return on its equity of 20%, which is $20 of earnings per share, 100% of which are paid out as a dividend. So the dividends are now $20 as well. Because all of the earnings are paid out as a dividend, there is no earnings retained. None of the earnings are retained. Therefore, the equity doesn't grow. So at the end of the year, the equity is at $100 a share, just as it was at the start of the year. And every year, the equity stays the same. It doesn't grow because all of the earnings are being paid out. So what are the cash flows from an investment in this business? Well, assuming the PE ratio is constant, you buy the shares for $200. 
In the second year, you receive a dividend of $20. And if we sold the shares in the third year, you'd be selling the shares for 10 times the earnings. Remember, the earnings haven't grown. They're still $20. And the reason why is because the equity hasn't grown and the return on equity has remained constant at 20%. So you sell the shares for $200 and you receive a dividend of $20. Your internal rate of return is 10%. So in this example, where the return on equity is extremely attractive, you are better off retaining profits or seeing the company retain its profits, you will end up with a better return on equity or a better internal rate of return than if any of the earnings were paid out as a dividend. Warren Buffett once said, and I'm sure, well, I'm guessing he was quoting James Walter, but I'm, he said this, he said, growth is only good when each dollar used to produce that growth creates over a dollar of long-term market value. So think about it this way. When the company's earnings were 5%, when the company's earnings were 5%, you weren't $5. But if you bought the shares, if you bought the shares uh, in year one and sold the shares in year two, you have, would have only have received $2.50 of capital gain. So $5 was your money. You owned the business. You earned $5, but the company kept it and reinvested it, but it only earned a 5% return and the share price only went up by 5%. So instead of receiving $5 of dividends, you received a $2.50 capital gain. You lost half your money. Therefore, the dollar that was retained and used for growth produced less than a dollar of long-term market value. And if you want to understand that in more detail, you better grab a copy of Valuable from rogermontgomery.com. It's been great talking to you. I look forward to talking to you in the next episode. Thanks for joining. You've been listening to Valuable, the podcast with Roger Montgomery, reinventing the way you invest. Subscribe, rate and review at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, CastBox.fm or wherever you get your podcasts from. Stream on demand from our website. This has been another quality podcast production from Bytes.com. Want to learn more? You can get Roger's best-selling book, Valuable, from Amazon or any good online book retailer.